Hi everyone, I'm Rosanna and this is AFL Obsessed. Welcome back to a new year of footy. I took a little break during the holidays because there was genuinely nothing happening. I forget how dead the off season honestly is. All the athletes are gone and they're traveling and there really is no footy news. And I have to say there still isn't much news right now, um, but I did recently rewatch the Anzac Day game from 2019 and it just gave me a renewed sense of like excitement and dare I say hope as we count down and kind of get closer to the season opening, which is still a couple of months away. So thanks for joining me. Some minor points of housekeeping before we get on with it um, from the previous episode. I was talking about from a fashion perspective, my top five Guernseys in the sport, and I did a two-way tie for fourth place, so I didn't notice that I completely left off a number two selection. Someone actually caught that and pointed it out to me, so thank you so much. I thought that was hilarious. So that I would award to Carlton. Um, The classic varsity like athletic look is just kind of... It's like dual colored with just the Carlton footy club initials. And I just really like that, especially on the long sleeve version of the Guernseys. It has like a real like RL sensibility to it. To me, it kind of reminds me of like the varsity athletics that inspired Ralph Lauren actually to make his own designs, um, especially with his more athletic selections. So that's who I would give the number two award to. And I also mentioned the MCC when I was talking about the sports stadium in Melbourne to catch a game. I was referring to the Melbourne Cricket Grounds, the MCG State um, Stadium, the G, if you will. And But I was picturing the members-only area of the MCC when I was describing it. So there was a little consonant slip there, but I was referring to the MCG, and I do shorten that quite a bit for my American counterparts to just the G initial. And it wouldn't be right for me to talk about the sport and not acknowledge what is happening in the country that it's played in. There is an Australian bushfires crisis right now, and Google Maps actually shows where they're burning in the different territories and states, if you pull that up so you can kind of gauge just how widespread and devastating this is. I think... One of the last stats I saw is over 20 million acres have burned across the country. I know that it's greater than that now. Um, My heart just goes out to all the people and additionally to the wildlife that we've lost, but everyone that's been affected by this, um, it's a beautiful place and country. And I think individually we need to do more um, or everything that we can do in the realms of politics and personal values like you know, not just lobbying for policy, but talking and sharing values with people around you in your community to preserve and protect the beauty in the world. I think that's really important. The crisis does impact everyone globally. And in addition to the lives lost, um, there it's the biggest loss, I guess, of wildlife in the past decade over one climate-based disaster. So even if it's a country you haven't been to, collectively, I do think We need to do a better job about really thinking about and protecting the places that we call home on this earth because it's the only planet we have. So that's my little TED talk for the day. And further along that point though, the air quality just has not been safe. Um, 
and it's been affecting the players and everyone living there. But in the preseason, it's been really difficult for the athletes. Um, They've actually had to relocate in some areas or train indoors. And it also affected the Australian Open. I know that that has been going on and accommodations had to be made so that they could just even hold the event because I know that the smoke was getting to a point where it just was so hazy. And I think it was the worst air quality in the world um, for a few days there too. So that's just a really scary thing. Um, If you saw some of the pictures, I think online, Um, But I really admire how the athletes have stepped up. I know Dyson Heppel for Essendon, he's known for his hair and he shaved it for charity. He looks like a completely different person. Um, Dane Beams from Collingwood auctioned off, um, excuse me, Dane Beams from Richmond auctioned off his premiership medal and just to raise money for charity. So I think that that's so admirable that everyone's just kind of doing their part Um, in addition to all the fundraising that you see and all the places that you can actually donate. Um, Some updates in the sport, even though there haven't been a lot of them, Alex Rance announced his surprise retirement. I was really, really, really happy for him, but sad for us at the same time as a sporting community. I think he's absolutely a living legend. And I know I've said this previously, but he's one of my favorite current players. Um, So that was just really a surprising announcement that he made. I think he still had longer to go, um, you know, not contractually, but just like athletically. I think he had probably more to give the sport. And I really missed him last year and not being able to see him because I think he was out in round one. So all the best to him. And I hope that I think he wants to take time and just kind of be with his family. So whenever it's a personal thing, you know, I'm just always so happy for them and grateful for what they've given us in the sport. But I'm really sad that I probably won't be able to catch him in a game in future. Um, The International Rules Series is returning in 2020. And from what I understand as an outsider perspective, it is a game that is hosted um, between Ireland and Australia, and they've taken a three-year hiatus. So someone correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's a two-game series, and it will be returning in Ireland. As I said, it's from my understanding. I think it's a hybrid of off of Aussie footy and Gaelic football. So they've merged the rules because it is popular in both countries individually, but not internationally. It hasn't kind of moved beyond that. So they have kind of played this combined rules and field game. From what I understand, they've merged the rules so that it's popular. um, And I guess enough so that you can see what's happening. I watched a snippet of it the other day, and it was really interesting because it's played on a rectangular field and what looks like soccer goals at the ends of the fields with the goalposts from footy kind of, you know, next to them and like adjacent to the goals. And it looks like they're placing a goalie. So they also play with a round ball, which looked a little bit like a volleyball from, you know, my just like looking at it online. So that was a really interesting take. But as I said, it is a hybrid game and they do play in both countries and it will be hosted again in Ireland and the Australian team is actually having their training camp in New York before the matches this fall so 
I think that that would be really exciting if anybody wants to watch that and come with me. I would love to watch that together with anyone who supports it. And also, I know for Gaelic football, there's a lot of what's interesting, actually, for my American counterparts is that Gaelic football is an amateur sport, but they are playing with AFL professionals and they're keeping up. And I know we do a lot of recruiting. I say we like I'm part of the AFL in any way, but we do recruiting from the Gaelic football community a lot for our actual rookies. And I know that a lot of Irish players are now in the AFL because of this exciting um, sport tie-in. So it's kind of an exciting way to keep like the AFL alive for me, especially when it'll be the off season at that point. I did get a question from a Canadian listener and they asked me what makes footy more exciting than any of the typical American sports for you. So I think I've been through a little bit of just the athleticism and how dimensional the game is and the continuity of it. I love that it's fluid. I love that it's as long as it is. And all of the athletes are doing all of these almost like heroic looking kind of taking hangers and marks in a way that I think is so exciting, but without any protection. I mean, they don't even wear like a jock strap. There's nothing on their head. I don't know if that's um, for the better, but it's really, they're doing it all without protection. And it's so complex too. I feel like a lot of the sports, obviously when we get to a final stage, like the Super Bowl or the World Series or any championship games, I think those are really exciting here in the U.S. because you're looking at elite teams face off and that's always a really exciting thing to see. But I feel like I'm seeing that almost that quality of athletics game after game in every AFL game. So, and also... You're not just doing one thing, I think, with the ball. You're, you know, kicking it, you're handballing it, you're tapping it, you're tackling, and you're chasing. So there's just so many different kind of things that you can do, and I think that that makes it really exciting. And so thanks for your question. If you have any other questions for me, I'd love to hear. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail.com, so please shoot those my way. I also noticed too that there's a lot of super coach right now. That's about the only thing that's kind of happening in the AFL news world right now. And I'm assuming that that's equivalent to our fantasy football. But if you want to tell me about it or what got you into it and maybe why it seems to start so far in advance before the season even, please let me know. I'd love to know your thoughts. And last time we talked about the origins of the sport and the first established club. So I kind of wanted to continue that in, in keeping with the timeline and talk about the second club in AFL history. And that would be the Geelong Footy Club. They are based in the city of its namesake. And they also participated in the first footy competition. And I want to say that they were established in 1859. So the cats, as they're known, um, with navy and white hoops, that's kind of their color scheme. And I want to play a little bit of their theme song, which I love um, for just a second. Let me pull that up for you. And then I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts because I find it to be really interesting. So here we go. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We are Geelong, 
So that's the theme song for the Geelong Footy Club. I know before 2018, every club was given the opportunity to update their songs. I know with like diminishing footage for recordings and also like quality wise and also maybe some lyrics needed to be updated. So that's their version. They did get a new verse um, and I just find it to be such a swag, bold statement to you know, you're not the only footy club. You weren't the first established, not any knock to Geelong at all because they are a great club, but just saying, coming out and just swinging and saying that they're the best club, they're the greatest club, they play the game as it should be played. I just find that to be such a fun, like hilarious, like athletically competitive statement because of course, you know, I think just saying that you're the greatest team of all, that you're always on the ball and it the, you play the game as it should be played, Um home and away. I mean, good on you for getting that out there first before anybody else got to that. But there are 17 other teams, which I love, like in the AFL um, and not exactly singing the same thing, but kind of sort of along those lines too. So I think if you have a classical background, you'll notice that they totally like, um, I want to say snatched like the Toreador, Toreador song from Carmen, which I think is hilarious. So it's a recognizable tune. They've tweaked it a little bit, but just kind of put their own stamp on it. And uh, moving on to just a little bit more about the club and what they're known for, they're known as being a club from the bush. And I don't want to say country team, but that's kind of what it is because of the fact that they're outside of Melbourne. Um, I don't want to make like the Buffalo to New York comparison because that's not quite the same thing, but they are known for being positive and just like a really high scoring and entertaining team. And they still are. And some notable players that have come from the club, I would just have to say Gary Ablett, senior and junior. And my favorite current player from Geelong, I think it would have to be a two-way tie. I know I've brought up Radagalia already, but it's Sava Radagalia and probably Tomahawk. Like Tom Hawkins, I think those two are my favorite current players. And um, just I think they're just known for like the club that revolutionized handballing and kind of making that something that they play today. So that would be my contribution for the listing of Geelong. And that's about it. If you have any other questions for me, I'd love to know. Um, we are back. So there will be another um, episode out soon, but that's it for me. And we'll talk footy soon. Take care. <laughs>